0: Hello, and welcome to this week's episode of Transforming 45. This week, I am really excited to have this conversation. So I just met this really incredible human this week, and we had a really fun connection. And I can't wait to share her story and the work that she is doing with all of you today. So today, I would like to welcome Debbie Sleuth to the show. Welcome, Debbie. I'm so glad you're here today. Thank you so much. I'm excited. That's great. So Debbie, do you want to talk a little bit about what you do before we get started?
1: Sure. So my expertise is vision boards. And it was interesting. I kind of forgot and forget how some people are actually adverse to vision boards. I had it this week. I had a lady, she said, and I loved her honesty. It was a direct message. And she said, "Um, if I'm going to be honest, I don't really like vision boards. And she's like, oh, and I was like, oh, I forgot. You're right. Like, I think there's some people out there who see them as a party trick or as just, you know, a kind of collage kind of idea. And it feels kind of woohoo and maybe just something that you feel like you have to do because everybody's doing it, but does it really make a difference? So (laughs) having said all that, I'm obsessed with vision boards um, and I've discovered a way that aligns with the research that we're learning, uh, from so many amazing experts like Dr. Jodis, And so that's how I do vision boards and yeah, I'm obsessed with them. I support people through retreats. Uh, I get to now travel globally now that we're through the pandemic and offer them that way as well. I train the trainer. So I have an academy where I support people from all over the world to now offer vision boards in the way that, um, we do them with our proven process at Dare to Declare.
0: That's great. I love that you brought that up because I think that that's a really important point. There's a lot of there's a lot of misconceptions around what miss around what vision boarding actually is, and I can't wait to hear you talk about it. And we will we'll jump into that a little bit later. But first, tell me your story. How did you get to where you are today?
1: So. I've been in early years for 30 plus years. And that's something that we were talking about before that we have in common, that we have an education background. And my role was a child care director of a multi-site not-for-profit organization here in Ontario, Canada. I loved it. I love supporting educators to provide environments for children that You know, the the best compliment is I would actually I was there for 30 years that I had children that I had in my care bring their children. And I'm like, oh, you know, I know, like you must you must have valued the care that we provided you that you trust us now with your own children. So that was like so rewarding. What I also recognized was like all of us as humans, what what we need is not just professional development, which is strategy and more that mechanical way of thinking but the personal development on a spiritual level. And I wasn't being paid in my capacity to to offer that. And yet I really felt called to do that because a lot of challenges that my employees were coming across had to do with personal development. So there was a number of nudges that I had from, I'm a Christian. So from God, from the universe that said, you're meant for something bigger. And I just didn't know what it was. And so I did things really like a bank would say, yeah, this is a terrible business plan. Like it wasn't like I had a really good, I was very much in a visionary way of thinking. And so I went and had a photo shoot done. I had somebody ask me the other day, like, why did you get the photo shoot? And I'm like, I don't really know, but I knew I was going to do something big and I would probably need branding photos. So that's how I was really led by my intuition to do things that felt right, but I didn't really know the how yet. And that's such a visionary way of being. And looking back now, I realized, but even at the time, I was so, it was so instinctive. And so I went to a photographer, I had branding photos shoot done in actually Windsor, Ontario. And when I looked at the pictures, I was so impressed by my own image. And what I mean by that is, yes, they were beautiful, but more so I saw the possibility. I was, I was I looked at them and I was like, oh, she's a rock star. And she is making a big difference in the world. And I said to the photographer, I wanna be her. And she said, you are. And I said, well, I don't feel like her yet. And so that was the first time I had put the idea of image and vision and what was possible together. And so I started to research. I came across Jack Canfield, co-wrote Chicken Soup for the Soul, the success principles. And so I hunkered down in 2017 and into the winter of 18 and created a curriculum. And as I said earlier, based on teachings of Jack Canfield and others and discovered a new and different way to offer visioning and vision boards. So that was the first time. I'd never done a vision board prior to that. I created also with the help of my husband, a studio. I have a beautiful studio that's specifically built for vision boards. And I opened my doors in 2018. So that's that's really my... um, story of how I began. And I started public speaking. Um, again, there's other there's other entry points to that, but our childcare was chosen as one of the best in the province um, and uh, one of the top seven in the way that we were offering the this new curriculum, this new way of being with children, which is play-based learning. And that provided me with being able to tell my story as the director, which led to public speaking, led to workshops and all of that looking back, was scaffolding me to where I am today.
0: Yeah, was it ever? That's really beautiful. And the way that you have woven it together has sort of pulled out three lines of uh, thinking that I really want to dive into. And I'll start with what you just said around the play-based learning, because I also know and value how uh, transformative play-based learning can be. And there is a lot of misunderstanding around that, what that looks like and actually means for children, but we also don't consider it as adults and play-based learning as an adult is, it's a revolutionary thought in some ways. And I'm wondering how you see that playing out in the work that you're doing. I'm
1: so excited that you brought this up because yeah. again, I,
0: I had this thought
1: this morning as I was getting ready and I hadn't fully found a place to express it, but here we go. So mm-hmm. I realized that I'm the champion of the underdog and the underdog in my previous career was play. And my underdog in this career is vision boards because they're both so simple and yet incredibly powerful. And children learn through play. The re- the way that they learn through play is that, You know, we learn best when we're having fun, when we're interested, when we're curious. We don't learn when you know it's it's boring and it doesn't. It's not based on our interests. Um, It's not done like a game, like even as adults. But there's so much that children can discover through playing pre math skills, like how long is this? How many blocks will it take for us to complete this building? Or you know, when we're think about the bridge that we have here in town, um, you know. What does that, um, how is that being held up? And like all of these these complex ways of thinking, hypothesizing, science, um, literacy, all of that. You know, if we play house or we play restaurant, can we create a menu? Can we have play money? Like all of that is included in play, which looks from the outside so simple and people call it child's play. But it's such complex thinking. And when children have the opportunity to do that, then as adults, they also can think outside the box and they become these inventive, creative people that change the world and who are compassionate and who can see other people's perspectives. So play gives the forum the foundation for a beautiful, kind, um, ambitious curious society. And when we see children as capable, competent, curious, and rich in potential, then we can offer those kinds of experiences. So that's how I view play. But I also see there's parallels to the vision board, which on the outside seems like such a simple tool. And it is, but it's the simplicity that it's like an onion. When you pull it back, you realize the complex thinking, decision-making, and also how it connects to our universe. Um, And and I don't know uh, if you Mm -hmm. want me to pause here, but it it provokes the universal laws.
0: Yes. Yeah. Go dive right into that, please. (laughs) (laughs) Let's talk about provoking the universal laws. Yeah.
1: Well, (laughs) again, another simple idea is the acorn. So if you hold the acorn, it's so cute. You know, it's got the little hat on top. But that little acorn can become a giant strong oak tree. How does it do that? Well, it falls into the ground and then it's covered up with the dirt but it vibrates and at a cellular level it's vibrating so that it attracts the nutrients that it needs in order to sprout and it attracts the sunlight that it needs in order to to flourish. And so the law of vibration is actually the law that precedes the law of attraction. Most of us are familiar because if you watch the movie A Secret, you know, the law of attraction, but it's actually the law of vibration. Uh, if you think about, you know, the tuning fork and so forth, how that actually you can see energy moving. And that is how we attract what it is that we focus on. So that's truly the law of attraction is that where our focus goes, our energy flows. And most people are walking around unknowingly attracting all things to us. All of us are activating the law of attraction. It's just that we may not be aware of what we're actually attracting. And you've probably seen those people that they've always got drama in their life. And they'll say, oh, my word, like, I, I, you know, I have all these people and I hear all these people's problems and they're always coming to me with their problems. <laughs> like, hmm, how does that, you know, like for, to quote Dr. Phil, how's that working for you?
0: Right? <laughs> Not. Right.
1: Yes. <laughs> and it's as simple as changing your focus. And a vision board helps you gain focus on what you want versus what you don't want.
0: Absolutely. While you were talking about the, the tree and the acorn and the vibration, it made me think back to what we were talking about with play and just how much vibration exists when we are at play as humans and not just, like, not just in terms of brain and brain activity, but also our bodies. Right. So there's a there's a lot of misunderstanding in our culture and society around what learning actually looks like. Right. So because school has looked one way for such an extended period of time, there are assumptions around, well, that's what learning looks like. Learning looks like sitting at a table and and writing things down. And it's actually the antithesis of what learning looks like that that structure is what compliance Looks like. But compliance and learning are not the same thing, right? And true learning involves heart, soul, body, brain connection. And when are the times when we are most engaged with all systems? When we are playing, right? And when we are doing things that are deeply creative, joyful, and meaningful to who we are as. Whole human beings. I agree, and that often
1: does not happen to the optimal level indoors. Yes. Mm -hmm. When you ask someone, "What's your what's your favorite childhood memory?" Think about a time that you were really happy. Now it might have been a Christmas morning or those kinds of things, but typically it's when you're somebody was outdoors uh you know an outdoor vacation or they were you know uh playing with their friends in the grass playing tag something like that where it involves the outdoors and so then why are we so often staying indoors when we realize you know i i was on a retreat this summer and i woke up in the morning and i looked out my bed the 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 bathroom window and i saw uh, my 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 partner from you know the other room, and she was walking, like almost like a labyrinth formation. There wasn't a labyrinth, but like back and forth, back and forth, barefoot in the grass in mm-hmm. her pajamas. It was so lovely, like what a beautiful way to start the day. Grounded. Mm-hmm. Like,
0: literally grounded right like that's where that concept and word comes from is making that connection with the earth so we feel so we feel that vibration and we know that we are alive and we know that everything around us is alive and is deeply connected and i think that that's thank you for that that's really beautiful and it also is connected to one of the things I was thinking about when you were speaking earlier about the way you are supporting your staff in terms of learning, right? So, and the difference between professional learning and personal learning and growth. And quite often, systems in particular only put their focus on professional learning and professional development. But we know from how the brain works and your deep, expert knowledge about how children learn as well that we have to be in, in a steady state, right? We have to be in, in Stuart Shankard's words, you know, we're, we're in a regulated state and we can't be in a regulated state when we haven't had the opportunity to give to ourselves. For sure. I I
1: don't know if you've seen that study before uh, with eye contact in babies
0: Mm.
1: and how important it is and how even babies will try to get your attention. Like, so they will, they had like a camera where they're, the baby was sitting in the high chair and they're trying, like the mother was distracted. And I think now too, how many of us are on our phones and we're addicted to technology and how, you know, those that are sitting right next to us, particularly children, are, are vying for our attention, but even that eye contact and how important it is for their growth, their brain stimulation to have that that continual eye contact and that um, connection, and how we're wired for connection. Yes, um, we are. It, it, it astounds me with all the research coming out and how. Um, The brain, when it doesn't receive the attention and love that it deserves, actually prunes itself. So the connections, it actually shrinks. Um, So Dr. Jean Clinton, um, Mm -hmm. she's from McMaster University, and her mantra is love grows brains. And so when I was in the capacity of a childcare director, when you know there would be 10 infants in the room and three employees plus maybe special needs employee you know it can be very loud (laughs) and stressful and you know here's the requirements oh we need to do uh art activity we need to do a small group and it's like just love on the babies just hold them have eye contact speak to them use their names and their brains will grow you know, it's it's that simple. Again, we're going back to this idea of simplicity. That that really is the key.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And we as there's something in our humanness that wants to make things complicated, right? That we think that things have more value if they're complicated or or, or if they're hard. But the opposite is actually true. That when it when it feels like love, and it feels like fun, and it feels simple, that's that is when. Uh, learning or change or emotion can actually stick and grow and develop.
1: For sure. I agree. I remember when our organization went from very theme-based curriculum, Mm -hmm. like, you know, Mm -hmm. September was pumpkins and apples and harvest and all that. And then we went to an emergent approach, which was uh, play-based, interest-based. The employees were at first, including me, like a little bit lost. Like, Huh, how do we how do we do this? And it was almost like, well, this is really easy because if you think about the curriculum idea, you had to pre-cut stuff, you had to create file folder games, like everything was scripted. And and yet it wasn't easy because you have to be on and you get to be on with the children. You need to be plugged in all the time. It wasn't like you could just set up an activity at the table and say, and then just pull away from it and say, there you go, color this sheet, right? And when you're done coloring it, bring it back to me. No, it's about having a blank paper with, you know, beautiful materials that the children can manipulate, whether it be a a permanent marker, things that we never would have given preschoolers before, or a, a fine tip pen. And then we've got a bowl of fruit in the middle of the table as a provocation to say, so do you see the shadows here? What, what, you know, what shape is that apple? And how would you draw that banana? And, and so that the children have something beautiful, because they deserve beauty to, to, um, to draw. So all of those things made such a big change in that it is simple, but it's about being present. And thinking about that, not just, that's not what just children deserve. We all deserve whoever we're with that we're fully present. And I think where technology and some of these other things, like you said, we've made things more complicated, what that's done is it's actually disconnected us. And it's it's taken away from the being fully present, like the feet in the grass or, you know, sitting side by side with one another, or right, knee to knee to someone and listening to a conversation fully and being fully present.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so many things in what you just said, but I also was thinking about that notion of, presuming capability and presuming trust instead of the presumption of lack of ca- lack of capacity and lack of trust and often as adults that's how we approach children and often that's how we approach each other as well but when we come to each other from a place of i know that you are wildly capable and you deserve trust first, it completely changes the way that we are able to interact with each other. And so my other question was, what did you see change and shift in your staff when you started giving them the opportunity to do that personal growth learning alongside professional development? Well, if you think of Maslow's
1: Pyramid, what happened was, you know, they would go from the bottom rung, which is simply safety to, you know, to near the top, which is self-actualization where they become reflective. And not only because when you understand your why and you begin to understand yourself, your own limiting beliefs, things that may have triggered you Then conversations that you have with families change to become more sophisticated. You are not ego-driven that like what's in it for me, but then you can be, yeah, on the external, generous with the children, generous with the family, generous with your colleagues instead of thinking about the blame game. So what happened was we created this beautiful culture, not a completely utopia, but certainly of kindness, respect. We set values, um, you know, core values as an organization that we had the lens through. And that permeated from the administration. And I would even say like the board of directors right down to, um, you know, some of the support staff and, and some of the external, like the kitchen staff. And so all of us got to be unified in our beliefs about children, about beliefs about what kind of culture did we want to create here? And how does that influence how we speak to one another, what we, how we think about ourselves and one another. And um, yeah, it was, it was extraordinary.
0: Mm -hmm. That power of shared belief is, is it's transformative, right? When, when we come into a culture, you can feel that there, it has its own vibration of that you, that is, tangibly present and that you can actually feel. And it is that that starts to generate itself, right? When there are people who are there holding the space for that kind of shared belief and common purpose that is, it's, I've, I've had that experience a few times in my life in terms of my working world. And it was the, the time where I was able to be most present be completely and totally engaged and know that what I was doing was, had intention and purpose. And that makes me think about what you said about your photo shoot and and connecting image and intention when you you know said you were you were so appreciative or like, i forget the word exactly that you used it was so good, I'm sorry, but that you were so impressed by your own image, you were so impressed by your own image, and that like i made me take a deep breath in when you said that because. People don't often give themselves the grace or the space to really look at themselves and love that, love that being, love that version of themselves. And that is so powerful. And it made me start thinking as well, more deeply about vision boards when you talked about the connection between image and intention. So can you start going, like getting into the nitty gritty of that a little bit more?
1: Sure. Sure. Well, one of the things that makes our process unique is that the image of yourself is the center, the grounding, we talked about the grounding, Mm -hmm. the anchor of your board. So I'm I, i I don't have any shoulds, like you should do this. I do offer recommendations to all of my clients. Um, I've only had a few that have kind of gone off base. And and it's interesting because they're usually artists who want to create a piece of art or interior designers who want things really aesthetically pleasing. And so there's that perfectionism kind of limiting belief showing up. But for the most part, people do follow the protocols that we lay out because... It's been proven as successful. So I would say starting with your own image, and it doesn't need to be a glamour shot. In fact, I would again shy away from that. I would say the criteria is that it is just of you. And that may be challenging for some people my age or older, where we typically, especially in my mom's age, have been behind the camera. We've been documenting the family. We don't have many pictures of ourselves. I think selfies are now more a thing, but it wasn't before and or we don't print pictures of ourselves, it's all on our cameras, and or our phones, Um, and that it be of you in a happy time. So because that is indicative of this whole process where the vision board is about feeling and emotion. So how do you feel which creates that vibration that we were talking about earlier, that little acorn, imagine it in the ground, it's slowly, it's, it's vibrating. You talked about play. So how does this vision board invoke a higher vibration for you? And the way you do that is you put images on the board of what you want. And I give um, some structure around seven areas to help my clients dream bigger. But I also recommend that it not strictly be one area. So I had a gentleman and he said, um, I'll never make a vision board again. And I said, oh, tell me why. And he said, well, he said, I wanted a big house and I wanted a very successful business and I wanted a fancy car. And he said, and I got all of them. And I said, I still don't know what's the problem. And he said, I lost my marriage. Mm -hmm. And so it's about looking at your full life. So perhaps who's in that house with you, who's in the passenger seat in your car, who's enjoying the money you're making in your business. So, you know, relationships, I would say if I had to choose out of, you know, what you'd want in the vision board, I would say, don't ever exclude relationships. Cause as I said, we're built for connection, but also, um, you personally in terms of mental health and physical health um, that's really important as well like what's your vision for that and many people mistake vision boards and goal boards they often what I think if people are making goal boards which have to do more with strategy so that does come it's it's it definitely is connected to the vision board and it's part of the action piece and remember the word is embedded in the law of attraction it's action right in there many people think law of attraction you just sit on the couch hold open your arms and you know, the universe is going to send it your way. But the universal laws, just like the law of gravity, don't have the, like people say, the universe has your back. Hmm. I, I actually disagree with that. I know what they mean by that in that, you know, what you focus on, you attract, but it doesn't know what is good for you or not. It doesn't have that discernment. God does like or bigger, Mm -hmm. higher and infinite power. But like you think about law of gravity, it works whether you're dropping a brick on your foot, or whether you're using it to lower a pulley, it it doesn't discriminate. So the law of attraction, you're going to attract to you good and or not good, depending on where your focus is. So you want to get really clear. And that's why the, the, the vision board is so powerful. And that like that gentleman, he left off, one of the most important pieces of his life, which was his relationship. So I support my clients to do that. I actually have a magazine now that I manifested. I declared, actually, it would be this weekend. I was at a retreat in in Western Canada and I said, I will do luxury retreats abroad with my own magazine. I had no idea how that was going to happen, but I knew that if I was going to travel abroad, I would need to have a single magazine that I could carry in my suitcase because to date I had just worked in my studio and I had taken magazines by the hundreds in my husband's pickup truck around Ontario. (laughs) And I was like, how am I going to do this? And I could drive places, but I'm limited. And I have a vision to go to Europe and, and, you know, places like Costa Rica and do these retreats. And uh, I actually had an opportunity that was passed to me three times and I turned it down um, because I had another commitment. And finally my mastermind group said to me, are you crazy? This is the luxury retreat. Like that is right handed to you on a silver platter. And you know, one of our biggest fears reminds me of what you were talking about earlier is being unsupported. And so I just, I didn't feel like I was scared. Like what if I'm What if I can't do this? What if I'm not supported to be able to travel? And how am I going to do this without a magazine? I can say yes to the retreat, but I haven't got the magazine thing figured out yet. And I got to say yes. And then I got to reach out to a publisher of a magazine that I was featured in in Australia. And five weeks later, I was on an airplane with 12 of my magazines serving 12 women in Cape Cod in one of the most beautiful places on the water. It was extraordinary. It took five weeks to manifest. And so the universe does have your back, but it's where you put your focus and to trust in yourself and know that you are supported. And thinking about what a great way to start as a child, knowing that you are trusted, which means that you can trust yourself. You are supported. So that means that you don't have to fear that you're always looking over your shoulder that I'm unsupported. Think about what extraordinary humans that, that child will grow into. Um, I, I meet so many, including myself who carry so much childhood baggage, um, mm-hmm. that I, I am, I was, I'm afraid of so many things and I have been afraid. I mean, I'm, as I become aware and I'm working through these things, but those paradigms are so deep and they continue to show up. So this is where I love working with early child educators, um, and parents because, those first five years are so critical to the brain development and set the trajectory of that child. And imagine if we had adults who didn't have to go back to the childhood <laughs> to figure <laughs> and dig all that stuff out. Imagine that. What I ama- mean, how amazing that would be.
0: <laughs> yeah. Um, I was thinking that and that's exactly what I was thinking about as you were speaking. And, um, you said so many really beautiful and brilliant things there that there's a couple of threads that I want to pick up. Um, and one of them, so I just want to, so your magazine that you've created is what people use when they are, when they're creating a vision board. Yes.
1: Yes. And I guess someone said, can I buy your magazine? I want to read the articles. I'm like, oh, there's no articles. Like it's not, there's, there's no information other than images. So it's, (laughs) it's more like a booklet, but it's compiled of the thousands of clients I've worked with in the last five years. Um, and people open it and they're like, it's like you've got in my brain and my mind. Like, this is exactly what I want on my vision board. So, yeah, there's over 300 images in it. And um, yeah, it, people love it. And actually, next week, right now, en route, there are 200 copies going to um, the Canfield Breakthrough to Success Conference. And uh, the Canfield group is going to be using my magazine to offer their vision board experience to their participants at that conference.
0: That is incredible. And so, and so exciting. And so I just wanted to make sure people were really clear about what the, what the magazine was and its purpose and intention. And then I wanted to talk it. So we were talking about simplicity earlier, which is such an important concept, but there are times where complexity is also important. And that is when you were talking about, you know, that saying of the universe has your back and just letting it be at that but not thinking about the intricacies and the interconnected aspects of of that because I think sometimes that's what pushes people away from concepts of things like manifesting or concepts of things like uh, vision boards because it sounds simple and woo-woo and like oh I'm just going to think it and it's going to be Right. And I think that's where people have a misconception and that and a misconception that is triggering that will um, bring up that distrust or or there's something that comes forward that's like, mm, this is this is not for real. Right. But I loved the way you used that story of the human who was focusing just on things And didn't think about the relationships because to be honest, that's where my, um, where my breaks come on with vision boards is where I'm like, "Mm, I don't know, like, I'm not going to pretend that I don't want things. Of course I do. I want a successful business. I want to be abundant. I want to have the freedom to do everything that I want to do. That is for real for me. And the aspect of relationship and, re- and remembering that that is the most important thing because without those relationships, none of the rest of it will be meaningful. So bringing those things together is really important. So thank you for that.
1: Yeah, that thank was- you. And so I wanna pull some of the things that you said, I just wrote it down so I wouldn't forget. <laughs> so I think sometimes even, so we take words and we, we have certain connotations, certain biases based on words like simplicity, for example. Yeah. And the way that I think of simplicity, is not as in ignorance mm-hmm. yeah. lack of knowledge. Like, you know, someone who's simple is someone who is less than. So it's not in that regard. It's more around the sense of order. So one of universal laws, heaven's first law is order. So it's putting things in order. So it's like a combination lock. You need this and then this and then this and then clicks open. So if you think of it in that way, that it's simple once you know the order, but it requires study. So one of the things that now that I'm more into this work that I've made a commitment to do is study and then implement what I'm studying. And then I get feedback and then I improve. And then I go back again and study. And that's being called coachable. And I think that's one of the keys to success is being coachable. The other thing that you said is many people are turned off by vision boards. And I'm, I'm, again, I appreciate your honesty is because it's often portrayed as a collage of stuff. So, you know, and as a Christian too, like, I mean, there's a parable about the gentleman who, you know, filled his barns with grain and then he died. And then like, who wins who is the man with the most stuff the winner no that's not what this is about so most people think of vision boards as in these three ways like what do i want to have what do i need to do to have the stuff like grind and hustle work hard and then someday i'm going to be happy like a lot of people think about retirement in that way even right so i got to be this way i got to just wait it out um you know you, you're talking about education i meet mean, a lot of people as teachers or municipal, like they are chained to their desk based on their pension and the promise of the payout. And then someday I'm going to be happy and then I'll do whatever I want.
0: Yeah, I will. Can I, I will just jump in for one second, but that is, that is one of the number one questions that people ask me, but what about your pension? Mm -hmm. It's, it is almost the first thing that anyone asks me. And of course it was, it was a consideration in my decision-making but going back to what you were saying about how you feel, I had 10 years between when I decided to leave education and when my retirement day was. And people said to me, it's just 10 years, Lisa. Like, you can make it for 10 more years. I said, but I don't, sorry, I'm going to get emotional. I don't want to wish away a decade. Right. I want to be there and I want to be present and I want to be live this next decade joyfully because." I deserve that. And so do all of the people around me that I love.
1: Hmm. I felt that. I hope your listeners felt that too. That's beautiful. I hope you so, know, too. I've heard this phrase, some people live, you know, the average age is 78, right? So some people live the same year, 78 times. Right. And some people live 78 years. So with, with what we were just talking about growth. So you can choose you all, you both have 78 years, but what are you going to do with those years? So going back to those three words, we flip them on its head. So it goes back to, instead of someday I'll be happy, like exactly what you said is, no, I choose today to be, I choose today to be happy. And then what am I going to do? And this is the doing, which you're doing right now. Like you're, you've got your coaching, you've got your podcast, you're helping people. And then the have, the abundance, because you trust and you're open to receive, it shows up because you are in alignment with your true purpose. Mm-hmm. You are being generous. You're activating those beautiful universal laws. You're in your highest vibration. So you're not an acorn that's rotting away, waiting 10 years. What acorn? If it didn't vibrate and it just stayed in the ground, you know what's not going to happen to that? It's going to rot. When that acorn is vibrating, and again, so think about you are vibrating at your highest level, you're going to be attracting all that to you.
0: That, thank you. And thank you for that analogy of, again, of the acorn, and because I think that is really powerful to think about. If we just cover ourselves and stay in the darkness and don't do any, and don't move at all. That is when rot sets in, you know, physically with the acorn, but we see it uh, unfold within ourselves, right? That the rot of discontent of knowing that we're not living our full, our full purpose, because there is, um, there is that disconnect. You know, I, I talk to people a lot who are, who say, I just feel totally numb. Of course you do. Because you are living in that state of complete disconnection because you have just covered yourself and you're not letting the true light of who you are out to vibrate, yeah, you know and I think
1: about another dis what you said dis- uh, disconnect is disease mm-hmm. right, so disease. Mm-hmm. So when you're not in ease, it's disease, which is, it manifests itself in disease. You know, I had a client, he was, he was one of my older clients. He definitely was voluntold by his company to come and do a vision board with me. And he kind of came, you know, half on the screen. It was, it was during COVID and um, he was in his seventies. And so he passed the typical retirement age. And all he wanted was to retire. And, you know, in his mind, there must have been some marker where he needed to have enough money to be able to do that, whatever that was. And so, you, you know, I, I remember asking him, I have this exercise, like, how do you feel just so I get a gauge on wh- where people are at? And I, I called him, sir. <laughs> and I said, how do you, how do you, you know, what, what's, what word we use to describe your experience today? And, and uh, he's like, skeptical and I was like oh boy and then I said so skeptical and then I said um oh so what's your second word he said very I'm like oh (laughs) yeah yeah well I know where I'm starting with you
0: thank you for your honesty
1: going to be an uphill battle so we met for three weeks um I had done that porch drop-off thing for for his employer and, and they brought him, you know, the magazines is before I manifested my magazine, um, brought him the magazines and the phone core board. I didn't know if he was getting anything out of it. I couldn't tell, like, you know, that was really the only participation I had from him. And so when it was all said and done, I I had a follow-up call with the employer and I said, you know, that gentleman, did he, did he complete anything? She said, you know what? He sent me a picture. I said, he did. I said, would you share it with me? And she said, sure. She said it was a single photo, but it was a Corona ad. Maybe you've seen this two chairs on the beach with a table in between with a single Corona on it. Mm -hmm. And here's the great thing about that image. It tells me so much. One is that he's out of the workplace He's gone past that front door because all he had was retirement, retirement, retirement with nothing past that front door of his current workplace. The fact that he's out and he's traveled somewhere, obviously, because he's Canadian. So obviously it's somewhere in the Caribbean. Oh, and lucky for his partner, there's two chairs. Yay. So he's (laughs) doing it with someone else. He's in nature. I was like, this is such a big win. This is amazing. So Again, thinking about simplicity, going back to the idea of that, like look at that single picture and how much is in that and the feeling. So now he's got hope. I'm so excited when I hear someone who's in their seventies, who isn't just waiting because that gentleman has worked all his life. Imagine retirement, going to sit on a couch. Now what? If you haven't got this beautiful vision for a future together your body is going to do something for you because it's like a hole in the beach. If you you know dig a hole in the beach, what happens? Inevitably dirty water fills back in. Unless you fill it with rocks or something else that you want to put in there, it's just going to fill in itself. So, having that vision, having that future story is so key to your overall well-being and living your best life.
0: Yes, it is that is so powerful and i want to leave it on that note because it is just so deeply beautiful so Thank you so much for being here with me today. This conversation has meant a lot to me, to me personally. And I know that the people who are listening will also take a lot from this. I'll make sure to put all of your contact details in the show notes. So for listeners, if you have felt inspired and you feel connection to this work, the information for how to connect with Debbie will be below. Thank you so much for being here today. My pleasure. Thank you for joining me on this transformative journey. Your support means the world. If you resonated with our conversation and want to uplift the transforming 45 community, here's what you can do. Connect with me about how you can reclaim your own magic. Check the show notes for all the ways you can find me subscribe and share hit the subscribe button. So you never miss an episode. And if you found value here, share it with friends, family, and anyone seeking inspiration. Leave a review on your favorite podcast platform. Your words can make a significant impact and help others find their way to these transformative stories. Join the conversation on social media platforms. Follow us on Instagram, at Elboat. You can also find me on Facebook and TikTok. And if you know someone whose story could inspire others, reach out and let me know. I love connecting with diverse voices that carry the power to transform lives. Remember, your support fuels my mission to share authentic stories of transformation. Thank you for being part of the Transforming 45 family. Until next time, keep shining your light and embracing your journey.